in Simon Samach Sif Dalid states the following Sechiras Maimid Harsinai Umaise Amolik Umaise Miriam Umaise Haegel Hin Mitzvis Ase Shaltaira Remembering the Maimid Harsinai where we stood at Mount Sinai to receive the Torah with all of the miracles and wonders and revelations that took place there as well as the story of the attack by Amalek against the Jewish people, as well as the story of Miriam, where she criticized Moshe. She spoke ill of Moshe, and she was punished for it. And the story of the sin of the golden calf. To remember these four items... Hein mitzvahis asei shel Torah is a positive commandment of the Torah. He rules, he paskins, that it is a biblical obligation incumbent upon all of us to remember these things. Indeed, the Alter Rebbe added in the Siddur, in his unique Siddur, that we should recite the six remembrances every day. <clears throat> he goes on here to, mem- to mention a fifth one, Begam zechiras shabos, also remembering Shabbos, some say that it's a mitzvah to mention it every single day. He goes on to say, <clears throat> and of course the sixth one is uh, remembering Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which he doesn't need to mention here. That's been well established in the Nusach of the Siddur, and it's a biblical obligation on both men and women to mention the exodus from Egypt, both in the morning and in the evening. He goes on to say how we actually have kavana as we say the different words in the blessing before the Shema every day. It's alluding to these, we're supposed to have in mind, in our, in our minds, these different events, and they're alluded to in the Shema experience and the blessing that precedes it. Here arises a tremendous question asked by the Magen Avram in this very chapter in Shochanach, Seven Samach. And his question is, how come only Zechiras Amolek became considered worthwhile by the Ansheik Nessas Hagdoila, by the men of the Great Assembly, the greatest Sanhedrin in Jewish history, 120 sages, about 2,400 years ago, which had on it many, many prophets, including Mordechai, including uh, Daniel, and Hanani Mishal Azariah, and Ezra, and, uh, and many others, and Chagi uh, Zechariah Malachi, the final three prophets, the greatest Sanhedrin that ever lived. They enacted a special reading, a special Shabbat, a special Shabbos devoted to the remembrance of Amalek. Shabbos Zohar, this coming Shabbos, the Shabbos before Purim. And why, and yet all of these, as the Alter Rebbe explicitly says in Shechon Aruch, the Magen Avram says the same, Hein mitzvahis asei shel all of these are biblical. Why didn't they get a special Shabbos? <clears throat> so the Magen Avram gives a classic answer that Miriam, 
the story of the sin of Miriam and the story of the sin of the golden calf are negative. We'd rather not devote a whole Shabbos to it. We have to remember it. It's important for our divine service to remember not to speak Lashon Hara, not to speak negatively about another human being, um, about not refraining from sin and how important it is not to violate the commandments of God. However, however, we don't need to make a Shabbos out of it. And in terms of the remembering of the uh, Harsinai, Maimed Harsinai, we have the holiday of Shavuot devoted entirely to the theme. And in terms of remembering Shabbos, we have Shabbat, of course. And in terms of remembering Yitzhak Mitzrayim, we have Pesach. So it all makes sense, seemingly. Asks the Rebbe that it's not satisfying. Why? Because if you think about it, Amalek also has a day devoted to it. What day? Purim itself. Purim is devoted to the mitzvah of remembering Amalek. First of all, we read a reading about Amalek on the day itself. And the Magen Avraham's opinion is that one can actually discharge their obligation of remembering Amalek with the Torah reading that we do on Purim. And essentially the whole day of Purim is about the destroying of Amalek, remembering the actions of Amalek, and and discussing our victory over Amalek. <clears throat> so much so that the Talmud even says that why did they enact why did the Anchi Knesset Sagdoyle enact that we should read about Amalek, the Shabbos preceding Purim, so that we first remember it and then we actually do it on Purim? We actually destroy Amalek on Purim. So we see that the whole theme of the day is devoted to remembering Amalek, so much so that if you look in the Ramban, Nachmanides, in his commentary on Chumash and Parshish Kiseitse, on the story of Amalek, that Ramban writes something incredible. He says that the Gemara says that you need to remember verbally Amalek. It's not enough to remember it in your heart. It has to be a verbal commandment. And he says that this would be a support why the reading of the Megillah is a biblical fulfillment of that commandment. Even though, of course, the rabbis enacted the reading of the Megillah, but what are we reading about? We're remembering the actions of Amalek, the implementation of the evil of Amalek, how Amalek tried to destroy us, Haman was an Amalekite, and how ultimately we're victorious, and we celebrate our victory, and we look forward to continuing to destroy the enemies of Israel, and particularly Amalek. So literally we're remembering the actions of Amalek, thereby fulfilling the commandment of leisishkach, of not forgetting, of remembering. Literally, the Sadramban even says that the reading of the Megillah is biblical. <clears throat> Has an argument to be made that it's biblical. So, why in the world would we suggest that, as a matter of fact, we need to have a special Shabbos for it? We have Purim, and yet, here we are, arriving Dafke and Shul on Shabbos, to read Parsha Zohar, what is the explanation? And the Rebbe derives from this <clears throat> that there's something incredibly relevant in the remembrance of Amalek 
which requires that it have it has it must have its own Shabbos devoted only to this topic. And it's so unique that the rabbis wanted didn't want it didn't want it to be diluted in any other theme in any other that it's because there's so many mitzvahs on Purim and so on. No. This is something which needs its own day of commemoration because it's so central to the life of a Jew in all times. And of course, that's why they instituted it once a year. The Achreinim explained that it says that the dead person is forgotten from the heart after 12 months. We forget after 12 months. To keep it alive, we have to make sure that every year we read it from the Torah and indeed... Most Rishayinim learn, and that's the halacha and the Shechon that it's actually biblical to hear it particularly from the Torah scroll. And one of the sources is, because it says in Parshat Beshalach, K'soiv zois zikarein basefer, write it as a remembrance in the book. So we remember it from the Torah itself. And we should fulfill this obligation on its own day of commemoration. What is so unique about the remembrance of Amalek. Seemingly, it's the exact opposite. It's not relevant. We can't destroy Amalek. We don't know who Amalek is practically. What does it really mean? Why do we? Why is it the most relevant to us right now? And the explanation is that we must say that it's not just, the mitzvah of remembering Amalek is not just a precursor, a preparation for the mitzvah of destroying Amalek. We need to destroy, so we need to remember what they did, and then we're going to destroy them. There is indeed opinions in the Rishonim who say that, and that's why they don't count it as its own mitzvah. But for those who literally count it as a biblical commandment to remember Amalek, it's completely independent of the mitzvah of destroying Amalek. In fact, after Mashiach comes, and after we destroyed Amalek, there is still going to be a mitzvah to remember Amalek. What is the mitzvah, particularly, of remembering Amalek? And we must say the following, that... <clears throat> There is the ideology of Amalek. That's why even after Amalek will be destroyed, it's irrelevant for us to remember. And another commandment, by the way, of don't forget. What is the relevance of Amalek? In other words, what is the ideology of Amalek? So, it says in the Medrash, it says our sages teach us that Amalek was a student. He came from Bilam. And Bilam knew God, the Yedea Das Elyon. He knew the mind of God, the Torah testifies. So what's unique about Amalek is that he knows his master, he knows God, and nevertheless, he rebels against him. That is the ideology, that is the, the modus operandi. This is the, 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 the shita of Amalek. And therefore, when we remember Amalek, what, what it really means is internally... We have to reject this mode of living. That we could be in a state that we know Hashem, and nevertheless we rebel against Hashem. And we have to destroy this within our own consciousness, remember it, and fight it. And then, of course, ultimately we go out and actually fight it in the external world, actually destroy Amalek. But why would this be so relevant, uniquely relevant to every Jew? Since when are we in a state of this, that we know God and we nevertheless fight against Him. 
But the truth is, it's not only is it relevant, the more deep, the more powerful our relationship with God Almighty, the more this becomes an issue that we must deal with. How so? <clears throat> because, essentially, it says that Amalek fights against the completion of God's name. Without getting into details, that God's name has only the first two letters of the Tetragrammaton, but the Vav K, he cuts off. What does that mean? It's essentially the same concept, because in Kabbalah, and Chassidus, the Yud and the He of God's name is Chachma and Bina, is intellect. He doesn't mind knowledge and awareness of God. What he, his problem is the implementation of that, which is the last two letters of God's name, the Vav and the He, which represent Torah learning, the fulfillment of mitzvahs, bringing it down to reality, making it part of your life, integrating it into your life. Not only is Amalek not opposed to the knowledge of God, on the contrary, it, it, it causes it to be a greater rebellion against God. The more you know God, and nevertheless, you do not implement the truth of Hashem in your life, and you don't make that a reality, that is the ultimate rebellion against God. So here's what's crazy. says the Rebbe <clears throat> that based on your knowledge of God, commensurate to that should be your Kabbalah cell, your acceptance of the yoke of heaven, your fulfillment of the mitzvahs. And the more you know God, the more Kabbalah ill is demanded from you. The more of, 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 of that it, it demands a response, it demands that you live up to the, the, the knowledge and the, and the relationship and the connection that you have. And therefore, it's always on every level in Avodah Hashem, in every level of service of God, it is super relevant, this idea of wiping out Amalek, the disconnect, the coldness toward the cynicism, to not take it seriously, to not, uh, not take it personally. So, on the contrary, the more if 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 you it's considered rebelling against God if you're not responding commensurate to the knowledge that you have of God, and this of course is why Amalek attached attacked the Jews on their way out of Egypt before receiving the Torah, because we really had a, a lot of the spiritual information a lot of the truths of the Torah, before the Torah was given. What was really the novelty of the giving of the Torah was the implementation, was the end of the divide between the spiritual realm and the physical realm. That's what Amalek was coming to fight. That's what he was against. That don't take it so seriously. Don't make it so real. Don't take it so personally. <clears throat> and this, uh, this was the fight that he fought us on, on our way. Um, to receiving the Torah, and this is the fight that we continue to have today, and we're going to fight for uh, ultimately be victorious with the coming of Mashiach um, and beyond, where we will always integrate the Torah and never, God forbid, see the Torah as spiritual theory Every single item of the Torah has to translate into reality, has to translate into our lives.